The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, and I will answer your questions tonight, but I'm, I have a short interview, somebody that I'm going to be speaking with on Thursday evening in uh, in St. Lazar, and it's called um, The Therapist and the Kabbalist. If anyone is interested, it's Thursday night at 7.30. You can go to jewishstlazar.com to get more information, but he and I, Dr. Rabbi Manus Friedman, are going to discuss intimacy, what it is, why we lose it, how to get it back. Uh, and uh, this uh, this gentleman is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and philosopher, very popular around the world, and he's going to be joining us tonight so we can talk a little bit about uh, dating. I, I've, I was listening to one of his um, um, YouTube videos, and he talks about dating and how... Um, dating is the opposite of marriage and he said some pretty I would say some controversial things about dating so I want to pick his brain a little bit about that and um, look at modern dating patterns versus let's say more religious dating patterns so he's going to talk about that coming up we'll get him on the line as of 10 15 but right now I'm going to answer some of your questions uh, and let's get going. 514-800 to text in. You can call in at 514-790-0800, or you can choose to email me as well, and many people do that, to laurie at drlaurie.com. Uh, good evening, Dr. Laurie. I'm 55 and have small blood pimples on my testicles. Every time I press them, they disappear and come back after releasing the pressure. They look like the brown beauty spots you get from the sun, should I consult. So you're talking about age spots, really. Sometimes they're like little, they look like little red blood vessels. Sometimes they look like brown age spots. And your testicle skin is skin. And if you can get them on your arm, you can get them there too, just like pimples as well. However, you, any spots that, that you get, your doctor, when you visit your doctor on a yearly basis, should be checking you for and monitoring all the spots on your body so that you don't develop uh, any melanomas, for example, and notice any changes in, in the coloring or, or anything like that. So yes, I would say that you would want your doctor to have a look, take note of it in their uh, in your file so that every time you go back, they're checking them again to make sure that they are simply age spots and nothing uh, nothing more than that I mean it's not anything I would necessarily worry about but I still think uh, I'm I'm more cautious and I always believe it's better to be safe than sorry and I I don't mind going to the doctor for something that I that maybe maybe nothing and that's okay I'd rather them know and and just be noted and, and followed up so if I were you I would uh, Texture writes in, it sucks to be a single woman with less men my age that are not, not married. I am 34. It seems like most guys are just interested in sexual relations and most don't even return the favor if what they want is oral sex. And the cherry on top is suspecting or finding out the man is married. I am almost to the end of my rope. How frustrating. As many of these stories as I hear, I also hear the other side. I also hear 
um, Tinder and, and, and Bumble success stories, believe it or not, where people meet their significant other who they go on to marry. So, yes, you're right. You may have to go through, kiss a lot of frogs before you get the one that, uh, that you want to get to know or spend time with or have a relationship with. Actually, you may find our conversation interesting with uh, Rabbi Friedman coming up because he's going to talk about uh, dating and how he hates the whole term of um, of dating, actually. And maybe it will explain some of this uh, phenomenon that, uh, that we tend to see. But I don't know if there's anybody else who has the same experience as this texter. Um, that men in their in their early 30s or so are only looking for uh, sex. I, I don't. I've met plenty of men who are also looking for relationships. So I don't know. Maybe you need to weed them out faster uh, and make sure that what they want is not just casual. And you can say no to sex, by the way, <laughs> if you don't, if you're not ready or don't want to, or don't feel it's reciprocated or what have you, then why engage in it really? Another texter said, you said that the sample group and this is from yesterday would optimally have sex two or three times a week. We were talking about the big uh, campus study, 18 to 24 year olds, and their average is about two or three times a week uh, of sex and that people in their 50s once a week. So that's um, that tends to be the that's what leads to satisfaction. So we were talking about um like have evaluating your relationship to to your sexual relationship to be satisfactory or or better than satisfactory and it turns out that two three times a week for younger people and once a week for older people leads to greater uh satisfaction and this person goes on to say if i go by the passion show texts and comments most couples would die and go to heaven if it was once a week well, uh, you know, unfortunately, when I get, when we do get texts, it's from people who are struggling, right? Who are lacking sex and who want advice and who are, are not so happy in their relationship. So we're only seeing one side of, of the spectrum. Imagine if, if, if I thought the world was made up of only people I saw in, in my office, right? It's, I only see people with issues. That doesn't mean there aren't a whole lot of people who are happy in their uh, relationships as well. So we have to think about that. Uh, love the show. I was wondering if you had any tips on how to give your woman great oral sex. I really want to know... Start high and work down or start down and work up? Well, did you ever think that maybe your partner could give you the answer to that? Because we are all different and some women like a certain touch or a certain feel uh, in terms of clitoral stimulation. Some like combination of finger in vagina and mouth on clitoris. I mean, there are so many variations that there's no one, there's no one way. There's no one trick. Not like uh, the Seinfeld episode where George comes up with his, I think it was George who has this, this one uh, technique that he swears, you know, works for, for everyone and then passes it on to, um, to Jerry. Anyway, it isn't about that one technique because each 
uh, each vulva is different and needs different things. So best bet, ask your partner, ask her, is this like do whichever way you want to go up, start from bottom, go up or do the opposite. Ask your partner, which one do you like best? Like, how do you like me to, uh, stimulate you down there? There you go. Passion Poet weighs in real early tonight. Just listen to all the problems people text and mail in. Take Dr. Lori's advice and let the love of healing begin. Text her your successes. I like that. Email your failures too. What may have worked for one couple may not exactly work for you. Dr. Lori will find a solution. That's what Trouble Tuesdays are for. You may not like what you discover, but at least you'll know the score. Man, these roll off your tongue. I, or off the paper, I, I'm also astounded by how fast you are able to come up with, uh, these poems. And just to, uh, reassure our listeners who, well, not reassure, but, uh, to answer the question, the passion poet is a listener just like you never met him. Uh, this is just something he does for the show because he enjoys it and uh, and that's it. He doesn't know the topics ahead of time ever or anything like that. <laughs> so he's just, I guess, one talented guy. So coming up, I'm really excited to hear from Rabbi Manis Friedman, who I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage uh, once before and will do again on uh, on Thursday evening. I mean, he travels the world giving talks. He is uh, the author of several books, including Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore and The Joy of Intimacy. So it'll be fun to get a rabbi's perspective on this. And we're doing a talk on Thursday night in St. Lazar called The Therapist and the Kabbalist. And we'll be talking about uh, intimacy. So we'll get him on the line and uh, ask him a few questions about dating, things that I'm curious about. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. We're doing something a little different on this Trouble Tuesdays, even though you can keep sending in your questions because I will uh, continue to answer them. Uh, Right now, I want to introduce you to um, a wonderful human being. He is a philosopher. He's a world-renowned author and lecturer, and I will have the pleasure of sharing the stage with him once again on Thursday evening in St. Lazar. You can look it up, jewishstlazar.com. Uh, called The Therapist and the Kabbalist. We're going to discuss intimacy, what it is, why we lose it, how to get it back. And um, But I wanted to uh, pick Rabbi Manus Friedman's brain just a little bit on dating. Uh, Rabbi Friedman, welcome to the show. How are you, Laurie? I'm great. I'm really looking forward to sharing the stage with you once again. Yes, it'll be fun. <laughs> we had such a fun time the last time. So, I watched your one of your YouTube segments, and it intrigued me. You said something, and I, I wanted to bring it up with you to share with our listeners. You said, dating is the opposite of marriage, and that if you get good at dating, you won't get married, and if you do, you will divorce. And then you go on to say that dating is neutral, like shopping. And you also say that it is selfish. Can you explain that a bit for our listeners? Yeah. Well, first of all, I can't be held responsible for everything I say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Touche. Likewise. (laughs) Uh, 
Yes, in, in, in essence, why would people live together without marriage rather than marry? What's the advantage? I don't know. What's the advantage? Well, the, the advantage is that there's no real commitment. Mm-hmm. Even though there does seem to be a commitment, because if you cheat on the person you're dating, it's, it's in some way worse than committing adultery. In what sense would you say that? Yeah, just, just socially, you know, there's some mm-hmm. kind of unwritten social law. So but, it's kind of a mini-marriage. Yeah. A quasi-marriage. It's got its own laws, it's got its own religion, and you get good at it. And then you get married, your chances of getting divorced are much higher. So what's the option? Because this, when we're talking about a generation where where dating is big, like we have every app and every, like there's so many different ways to meet people to then, to then date. Have we just lost the meaning of dating or what are we dating for? Well, dating has become, I think, an alternative lifestyle. Interesting. So it used to be that dating was uh, a way to find a mate and to marry and to settle into a family. But it doesn't seem to be that anymore. It's not a way to get married. It's a way to live. It's interesting because a, a texter, earlier texter, said just that pretty much, that every she's in her 30s, 34 years old, and she finds that everybody she dates or that she, only the men that she's looking for or that she's a meeting are only interested in the sexual aspect and then or she finds out they're married or committed elsewhere or what have you. So... I'm wondering how common that experience is for, for people, especially women. Well, yeah, well, even if they're sincere, I'm not talking about the people who are, who are, who are misleading, right. promising, promising marriage with no intentions of marriage and all that stuff. Right. But even the sincere ones, they think that if you date long enough, you'll eventually be married to each other. Right. It doesn't work that way. The longer you date, the better you get at it, at living a non-committal life. Then you get married, and all of a sudden, you, you feel cramped, you feel trapped, you feel overly committed. So, okay, so that's interesting, because in that's in the secular world. If we look at the religious world, whether it's uh, Orthodox Judaism or other uh, religions, they do it differently. And how do you compare those two, the modern dating versus the religious dating? Well, the religious dating, ideally, because so much of the modern thinking has infiltrated even the most religious communities. Mm -hmm. But if it's an ideal marriage arrangement, meaning you're dating for the purpose of marriage. Right. If you're really dating for the purpose of marriage, you would never date someone for three years and then find out she doesn't want to marry you or he doesn't want to marry you. Right. That should never happen. If you're really interested, here's my suggestion. If you're really interested in getting married, take out your calendar and mark the day of your wedding on the calendar. Okay. Say, like, a reasonable amount of time, like uh, seven months from now. 
Whoa. you want to be married. Uh-huh. Mark it on your calendar, and when you meet someone for the first time, take out your calendar and show, here's what I'm planning. I want to be married by June. <laughs> that, <laughs> women, they'll run. <laughs> exactly. Women say, you can't do that. They'll run away. Well, that's one benefit. Yeah, okay. It's one way to weed them out fast. Yes, yes. You weed out the ones who are real from the ones who are playing. Huh. So is that... Go ahead, sorry. Because marriage should be... uh, should stand on its own. When a person says, yeah, I want to get married as soon as I meet the right person. Well, if you really want to get married, it's because you want to be married, not because someone swept you off your feet. But you want to find your compatible mate to marry. Yes. Yes. But it's not that the person will make the marriage worthwhile. Marriage is worthwhile. It doesn't need justification. Right. So you put marriage first, then you find someone to do it with. So when you're dating, your first question shouldn't be, do you like me? Do you love me? The first question is, do you love marriage? Right. We have if to... you don't love marriage, we have nothing more to talk about. So really, if that's what you want, that has to be made pretty clear, right right up front is what you're saying. Yes, you have to really believe in marriage to be married. So you can't marry someone because they're fantastic. Right. If they're fantastic, just enjoy them. Why are you marrying them? So the purpose of dating, because you talk about this uh, on your uh, on your podcast, like it's it's like... Shopping. When you're dating, it should be with the purpose of seeing if this person is marriageable for you. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not trying to make a good impression. You're not trying to uh, impress and win win them over. You're a stranger. You're meeting with a stranger. Right. and, And you're checking the other out. You're checking out the one you're meeting with to see if there's a potential marriage here. So why would you want to make a good impression? <laughs> why, why, why would you put on a show? Yeah. Just yeah. be yourself. Be selfish. Because that's what dating is, is for, to make sure that this person meets your needs. So right. you're being selfish. Which is okay, you're saying. You, that's okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And once you get married, you become selfless. Hmm. Okay. Well, but if, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to um, make commitments, if you're going to go out of your way in a date, if you're going to try to be totally honest and open and share everything in a date, you're going to find yourself married without a wedding. <laughs> you're in too deep. Okay, so that's if you really, if marriage is what you're looking for. Now, this texter wrote in saying, um, commitment and dedication, honor and be faithful. Marriage will not ensure any of that. Um, unless marriage is sacred to you. If you believe that marriage is sacred, it's, 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 it's God's way of living, then you have a whole healthy respect for the marriage itself, which can see you through some difficult times when you're, a little angry with each other or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll survive it, you'll get past it, 
and the marriage will remain healthy. But if the marriage is just an arrangement, I thought I loved you, so I married you, but I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I don't really love you. Uh. There's nothing There's nothing holy about the marriage, there's nothing serious about the marriage. It's just two people deciding to move in together. Right. It's We're- not a marriage. We're talking to Rabbi Manus Friedman. He's a world-renowned author, lecturer, and philosopher. He wrote the books, uh, Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore? And The Joy of Intimacy, A Soulful Guide to Love, Sexuality, and uh, Marriage. So there's uh, someone who wrote in, Isn't setting a wedding date immediately a huge love bomb and red flag? (laughs) Yes, for those who don't want to be married. Right. It's really scary. Well, I, I think the message here is if you if you really believe in marriage and it's something you really, really want, you have to approach it differently than the way that oh, it's yeah. being approached. If, I think that's the, the bottom line, want, isn't it? If you want to be married and you believe in marriage, you want to meet someone who shares that feeling, who uh, also believes in marriage and wants to be yeah. married. That, I, I, I don't think anybody can disagree on that point. Uh, Rabbi Friedman, I uh, thank you for this uh, short little interview, and we will see each other on uh, Thursday evening. I'm looking forward. Me too. Take care now. Uh, if anyone is interested, it is at Chabad St. Lazar, JewishStLazar.com, if you uh, want to get more information or get your tickets or what have you. I think you have to reserve. The talk is called The Therapist and the Kabbalist. So it's Rabbi Manus Friedman and myself uh, talking about uh, intimacy, what it is, why we lose it, and how to get it back. Right now, let's check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesdays, we continue to answer, I continue to answer your questions, read some of your texts, some of your feedback about... Uh, what Rabbi uh, Friedman had to say about dating. I know it's a bit controversial what he has to say, or maybe not what a lot of people's experiences have been for sure. But let's just go back to um, uh, pleasuring a woman. So if, if there's a, if you're a woman and you want to give tips to a guy on how to pleasure, uh, please, uh, I think it's important to, to share. Why not help each other out here? Hmm? Uh, so one text wrote in, to please a woman orally, you have to change it up. Her body language will let you know. So there uh, there you have it. Um, another text writes, I'm almost 30 and I've always had almost no sensation in my clitoris. There's just one small spot on my left hand side that has feeling. I've noticed recently that the labia on that side has started to droop and sag where it never used to. Even more curiously, on the right-hand side, the labia is still very taut. I've always been told that a labia vulva doesn't change shape due to sex, but it does due to age sometimes. However, it seems, but mine has started to. Is this something I should be concerned about? Is it because that side gets more more attention on that side that is sagging. It's very unsightly and distressing to me. 
So I just want to point out one thing about vulvas. They come in all shapes and sizes. They all look different. They're all, they're all beautiful. And unless you have a medical uh, condition where your labia is so long that it uh, it affects your comfort level in, in terms of, you know, in your clothes or what have you, then there are things you, you can do about it. There are uh, procedures. Now, I do know... Uh, that there are plenty of women, plenty, who go for uh, labiaplasties because they want to look a certain way. Uh, They want the cookie-cutter vulva, basically, and that is the one they often see in porn that that have been altered also. Um, Porn stars do all kinds of stuff, bleach their anuses, change the look of their vulvas, etc., etc. But if you were to pick up a book, and I have one in my office, that has pictures of just your average person, uh, different vulvas, every page is like, you know, has several different vulvas in it. I use it to show exactly this, people who have this who are distressed by feeling that theirs is disgusting somehow or abnormal or what have you, you would see the huge variation in what they look like. So uh, some are asymmetrical. There's no question about it. If it's really disturbing to you, you could... There, you could do it through laser. There's, yes, there's, there's ways of, of fixing that. Um, but there's also, you know, risks of other kinds of complications and possibly losing sensation there or, or what have you. There is a, a, a possibility. So you may want to maybe consult with a plastic surgeon and see if this is, this is something. Now, so you say you have, um, almost no sensation in the clitoris. What about, on the inside. The clitoris is a a large structure that you only see a little bit, that you feel a little bit on the outside, but most of it is internal. There's a shaft to it. So if you, um, if you stimulate inside upwards and press, uh, you would get to the shaft of it. There are the legs of the clitoris. There are the periurethral bulbs that are part of the clitoris. There's, so it's a, it's a pretty large structure. And so some women can feel that internal, um, get stimulated internally fr- from uh, pressure being put on the internal structure of the clitoris. So we're all different and you need to figure out for you, what is it that, that works for you? If it means that you have the left side has more feeling, then you would focus on the left side. And I don't think that that's going to necessarily alter the, the way, uh, that your vulva will, uh, will look, but I hear you. I hear that a lot of women can feel that way where they are, uh, somehow distressed by the look of it or what have you. Uh, getting back to marriage, because we did have that conversation about marriage with uh, Rabbi Manis Friedman, who says, uh, that is not true. I was married, committed, and dedicated. I dated a lot after, then was with someone for 14 years, broke up, now been with the same woman for several years. I'm equally dedicated and committed to her. I do not need a legal document to prove it. So listen, not everybody believes in marriage, I got to say, you know, 
Uh, and then <laughs> this person writes in, so how does this work? Hi, my name is Anthony. Let's get married. I, I don't think that was the message here. The message was uh, making it clear that you're, if you're interested in marriage, if this is what you want, that you make that clear. And sure, if the person runs away, then clearly maybe that wasn't the person for you. I think that's what he was getting at. Um, another text says, I feel that the benefit is n in not getting married and shacking up is that the government doesn't get tied into my relationship. If a couple isn't made to last, marriage won't stop them from cheating or uh, divorcing. Uh, you know, the, even if you're not married, the government gets in there, by the way, because uh, if you live together, um, the only the only thing, it, the, the only legal stuff that happens is through the government, meaning that you the taxes, like for tax purposes, you are as if married. For anything other than that, there's no common law in Quebec. So... I find that interesting that, you know, the government doesn't get in, but it does in it where it matters, and it's uh, with our taxes. Uh, my sister and her husband dated for five years before marrying. They are going on 10 years married now. Had she taken the rabbi's advice, she would have been married at 19 before even finishing Sija. Well, you know, in, in religious communities, they get married that young, actually, many. Uh, is the rabbi... Uh, suggesting that we should not marry if we're not religious? No, I don't think he, he was talking about n not just the religious world, even in the secular world and how we uh, how we do dating. I don't think that he was uh, saying that at all. Another texter says, wedding should be performed in a court because that's where it will end. Uh, and then another one says, but wouldn't it be nice if marriage was how he sees it? Unfortunately, not even Disneyland or Hollywood can make that happen. Well, maybe you could be, maybe a little utopic, I don't know. Uh, I love my wife. When I met her, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. But honestly, the only reason I got married was so my kids could have my dad's last name. Um, <laughs> another texter, leave Kitty alone. All are beautiful. Talking about... Uh, the vulva. Uh, I think, you know, Mace, what he was talking about is whether if you believe in marriage and that's what you want, I know I wanted to be married. And when I was dating, it, it was very early on in the dating process that I would go through in my head, could I see this person as a husband, as a father of my kids, etc. And I, there was a plenty of people that were eliminated very quickly because I could not picture that. So, and and then when I met my husband, we were engaged after two months, married within nine months, and started a family within 12 months. So, um, and still married now, 25 years later. Um, let's see. I texted last night and just got home. So I think I missed the answer. So I'm not, uh, let me see. I'm hoping not to be repetitive. Why is it that most men that I feel a sexual tension or chemistry with 
end up being players who just want to get what they want, like use and dispose. Yet the men that are interested in actual relationships with, I don't feel a spark with, and it is more of a deep friendship, and I don't want to ruin a good friendship anyway. You know, a good friendship can turn into uh, a love relationship, and I think you need. it's good that you're asking yourself this question because you have to ask yourself why and this is the, what you're asking, why am I attracted to these guys? Why, what is it about me? Now, it could be uh, as part of your history. It could be all kinds of stuff. And why am I pushing away somebody that's actually uh, good for me? And you have to start switching that for yourself and give those nice guys uh, a chance and see if you can develop uh, more of a sexual attraction, but you've got to, there has to be a switch made. And if you need, see a therapist to help you make that switch. And you will see that um, once you start understanding that and working through whatever issue it is that leads you down that path, um, then uh, maybe you'll start to see things a little bit, uh, a little bit differently. Uh, coming up, ooh, more questions about labia uh, and comments about labias. We'll talk about that coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. If you have thoughts, questions, uh, comments, 514-800, or you can call me at 514-790-0800. Victoria is on the line. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Dr. Lori. Hi. I really enjoyed the interview with uh, the rabbi. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to say the, ra- the rabbi sounds like my father. Oh, yeah? And I agree with them both. <laughs> I remember I told my future husband before uh, when we were dating, I said that I believe in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I want to get married before seven months, not longer. And also I told him there is no sex. Until then. marriage, mm-hmm. and he agreed. He agreed with uh, with me, and I didn't push him. I gave him what I believed, and uh, he agreed. And within six months, we got married. And, and how long? God, I... we're still married after thirty five years. Wow. <laughs> Nice. Yes. So I really agree with him, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. He agrees with me too. Yeah. Well, hey, look, I'm sure for some people it seems like an outdated view, but if it's something that, and I think I want to stress this because I really think that's what he's saying. If it's something you really believe in, you and you need to find someone else who really believes in it too. Yes. I think that's the that was the key message there. Victoria, thank you for sharing. Thank Appreciate you very it. much. All right, take care. Uh, and if anybody is interested in coming to see the rabbi uh, speak, him and I will be giving a talk. It's called The Therapist and the Kabbalist. So we might actually disagree on some things. Last time we spoke together, uh, I, I guess I had the more modern approach to it, and uh, I talked about it. But we're going to talk about intimacy, what it is, why we lose it, how uh, how we can get it back, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that's happening on Thursday night, 7:30 in Saint Lazar. If you're interested, go to JewishSaintLazar.com and you will get all the information there uh, you need. Uh, let's see. I didn't want to keep wasting money, so I asked my wife to move in with me. She said she wouldn't do it unless we were married and we got engaged. I guess it's something she uh, she really believed, right? 
Um, and that I've seen that happen many times when somebody says, uh, "Well, let's just let's live together," and they say, "No, I want I want to be married." So that's okay. I I, I have respect for that. If that is your wish, and that's what you want, then you have to uh, stick to your uh, values. You have to uh, to respect yourself in all of this. Uh, re labia. So this is the person who wrote in about her labia. Thank you. I wouldn't fix it. I'm just alarmed by the sudden lack of symmetry, probably because I worked in the adult entertainment industry and my partner is very into porn. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you compare yourself to adult entertainers and what have you, you, yeah, any woman would kind of feel maybe a little in, inadequate in, in that regard. Uh, probably. Uh, if it is not a sign of something bad, I will get used to it. Uh, she's not discolored or painful. I like that. That's a she. And she's just decided to change her style. <laughs> yeah, maybe she just decided to change her style. Also, as for the clitoris, alas, it's just nothing. And I can't orgasm from penetration either. But I enjoy intimacy and don't need to orgasm to be satisfied. Um, and that's true of a lot of women, by the way, which men would not agree with, that uh, having an orgasm is what leads to a satisfactory sexual experience. Whereas for women, an orgasm is nice, but it's not a necessity. Um, the other thing is I would suggest you try, even during sex or with your partner, uh, try a vibrator, like just try a clitoral stimulator and see if that could provide um, enough sensation uh, for your clitoris. Some women need more than that, right? Someone else texted in, common line Quebec after one year. No, I will correct you on that because we've had Dr. Uh, Dr. Um, uh, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt on enough times and she has said it enough times that there's no such thing as common law in Quebec. The only, you are not protected whatsoever. The only thing is that maybe after a year, the government considers you common law, but only when it has to do with income tax. Otherwise, uh-uh, there is no protections under the law. Uh, so it, in, in it's all, Quebec is the only uh, the only province where uh, I believe that where we do not have uh, common law. Uh, let's see. Psychologically, those are the kind of guys she chooses because that's what she wants because she is afraid of relationships. So that, oh, okay. So this is in response to the woman who says she only ends up being attracted to the players and not the good guys who are always friend zoned. I would agree with you here is uh, that's one possibility. So this is why I suggested therapy so that you can figure out what is going on? Is it your way? Is it the person's way of avoiding commitment of, um, fearing that commitment? Is it possible that they grew up with, uh, father figures that were, um, not at all like the, the nice guys that, that, that she meets and maybe they were more like the, the, the other guys that she is attracted to it just because it's familiarity. Sometimes that is, so there's that as well. Another text in the only time the government cares if you are common law is when one of them is collecting welfare. So again, it has to do with income, I guess. That's when they step in there uh, and do their thing, right? And they uh, 
Yeah, but otherwise not protected because if you, if you're common, well, if you're living together and say I'm living in my partner's house and I gave up my apartment or what have you and the relationship breaks up, I have no right to that home. I have no right to anything uh, because that's, if you, if there was common law, then you would have the rights as if you were married and so no uh, no such thing. Let's see. Do I have time to answer another question? Let's see what I got. Let's see if I can get a, a shorter one here. I got lots and lots of emails to, uh, to go through. All right. Uh, let's see. My, me and my girlfriend, we like each other. She wants to have sexual intercourse with me from the ass very often. A few times I had anal sex with her. And unfortunately, I poured my semen into her anus. She's not distressed for that, but I'm really worried about her. Is it dangerous for her? Forgive me. I'm waiting for a reply. So let me get this straight. So she enjoys anal sex. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Uh, You're worried because you ejaculated in her anus. Now, unless you had a sexually transmitted infection then there would be there would be no real uh, uh, risk of, of ejaculation in there. The only thing you have to remember with anal intercourse is that you can never go from the from anal to vaginal. You can go from vaginal to anal, but not the other way around because of uh, of bacteria. So it is the only danger to her would be is if you have a sexually transmitted infection, and we know that anal sex carries with it more risks simply because there's more likelihood of small tiny fissures like little cuts because the skin is not as elastic as uh, say the vagina is so more risk of infection um, more risk of transmission because it would get into the bloodstream uh, that way. Uh, text writes in, if you claim you're living alone and there's somebody living with you, the government apparently will even come in and check your bed to check it for sperm. What? I have never heard of that. Ever. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Uh, I, I'll take your word for it, but I've never seen it. Uh, let's see, text writes, Canada equals common law system, Quebec equals de facto system, conjoint de fait was thrown out at me by Quebec after three years of filing taxes from the same address, zero benefits. So no benefits for being, for living together, I think is uh, what you're saying. And then another text writes, the least he can do is clean up his mess from her butt. <laughs> okay, thanks for the advice. Ah, wow. Some really, really interesting text tonight, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, contributing. You know, I love it when you, uh, when you write to me. Thank you so much. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon, as well. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can do that at Dr. Lori Batito or through my uh, website, drlaurie.com, to get in touch with me, to uh, email me. You could just go through the website and fill up the contact sheet. On the website, you'll also find all past podcasts that you can access as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News.
Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Come on, come on.